There's no summer lull in sports media. Formula One has decided where to take its media rights. USFL going to a second year. Hey, Chris Mason, where's Marshan? We got to get this podcast done. And we're back. The Marshand and Oran Sports Media Podcast presented by USA Track and Field. I'm John Oran, the media reporter for Sports Business Journal, and he's not Andrew <laughs> Marshand, the sports media columnist for New York Post who has his toes in the sand somewhere in the undisclosed location somewhere in the uh, Southeast United States. Uh, he is David Levy, who is currently chairman of Genius Sports, senior advisor of the Rain Group and founder and CEO of the sports investing and consultancy company, Back Nine Ventures. David, thanks a ton for filling in for, uh, for Marshan. Hey, the, the least I can do for him and for you. Appreciate being here. <laughs> David Levy, I, your resume is way too long. We only have a half hour here. <laughs> I think most listeners know you as the former president of Turner Broadcasting, the person, uh, the, the, the uh, hero status that you have, you're the person I find solely responsible for scrapping the regionalization of the NCAA tournaments back in when was that 2010 I believe right we signed the deal in 2010 our first our first airing with CBS our partners were in 2011 yes you've done deals just about every single major sports league in America uh turbocharged bleacher reports growth uh the man behind the match the e-league uh most importantly though your new father-in-law Yes, yes. Why I have not stopped smiling. I'm still smiling right now. My what kind of father-in-law are you going to be? We've all had them. <laughs> I hopefully a good one. I hope <laughs> we, I, we, I love my new daughter-in-law, Amanda, uh, Brett, my son, uh, who, who works over at uh, Sports Grid right now, uh, just got married last weekend. And my wife, Nikki, and I have not, not stopped smiling. It was a great day, great event, great weekend. And uh, we welcome her to the Levy family. Well, here's what I know uh, about Levy. Uh, we're not going to disagree a lot to, uh, today. I've covered you, David, for probably two decades, more than two decades. And much of what I know about sports media is just by watching you, reporting about you and having you, having you explain, uh, explain things to me. So I, I know you don't do a lot of these interviews. I don't. I've almost never seen you on a podcast. So thank you very <laughs> much for doing this. I do it for you anytime, John. I really do appreciate you guys do a great job at SPJ and, uh, you know, looking forward to, to uh, having a good conversation over the next half hour. All right. Well, let's get started as we always do with who's up, who's down. Who's up, who's down. All right, David, because you're, you're new here. I'm going to I'm going to start us off uh, with who's up. I'm going to go to Eric Shanks. Uh, who is, uh, of course, uh, the head of Fox Sports. And he just this week said that the USFL is going to a second season. And that news, I thought, was greeted by a gigantic yawn through the industry. But I'm telling you, I have covered, you know, the Alliance of American Football. I covered uh, the, the XFL going into the pandemic. These were, these were spring leagues that didn't even uh, see the end of the first season. The original XFL, it didn't get to a second season. And I bet you that NBC would have canceled it if they could have before it got to the championship game. The idea that a spring football league is going to see season two is something that we don't see a lot. And I think it's something that has to be applauded. I like to do 
point counterpoint. Like, yeah, absolutely. Is, Go right ahead. This is your pod this week. I, I wouldn't say it's an up up. I mean, first of all, Shanks and I have known each other for years. Good friend. Uh, you know, I guess you have to define what, what's the definition to Shanks of success, right? Is, you know, is important to understand whether that's a really a strong up or is it just the fact that they committed to three years and it didn't completely flop? I mean, they are <laughs> controlling expenses as they should, right? I mean, having all the games in one area and location and so forth and so on, they made this the best it could be under the circumstances. However, the good news is they control the IP, they control the merch, uh, they control the brands, hopefully, I guess I think there's, you know, some, some question about that, but, but ultimately, you know, it's an up, I agree with you, they're having a season two, but I think you have to, what, what's the definition of success? And if under a million homes is the definition of success, and they knew that was going to happen, uh, then sure. All right, so David Lee, the uh, buy, sell, hold USFL right now. What, what, what are you doing? I'd hold. Hold on him. That's, that's up for a spring league, I think. <laughs> All right, let's go to you. Who do you have is up this week? So my up is Adam Silver. Uh, I think that uh, the happiest guy in the room uh, when the deal was announced for the Apple MLS deal was Adam Silver because as his rights come up uh, in the next couple of years, he now has a second bidder in the marketplace other than Amazon uh, now that Apple is um, committing to the sports business. And whether he goes to Apple or not doesn't matter. It's just nice having a, another bidder in the marketplace. So I say Adam Silver is my up. Yeah, I want to dive into that a ton, David. Let's bring that back in the topics. Uh, I'm just going to take us to who's down. Uh, big news that broke last week, uh, ESPN is about to sign a, new, a deal, three-year renewal with uh, uh, Formula One. So my down is Jay Marine, uh, a, a senior executive at Amazon, because Amazon came in and bid more than ESPN by like 15, 20% more. And still F1 said no. Uh, Amazon still, and Apple, and really any of these digital providers still have not been able to get sports rights that traditional media companies want to keep. If traditional media companies are aggressive in trying to keep, keep these sports rights, they're not going to Apple and they're not going to Amazon. Well, there's a lot to talk about there. We can, we can almost spend the full half hour on your, on your down. Um, and there's lots of reasons for it. And I think F1 made the right decision. You know, if you're trying to grow a global brand and you finally realize that the U.S. marketplace is truly something you need to focus on, then you want to have the largest reach vehicle out there as possible. And ESPN is going to give far more reach um, than Amazon's going to provide. So in my mind, I think Formula made a great decision for a short-term deal uh, in order to grow and enhance the F1 brand here in the U.S. So um, I, I think it was a smart deal for F1. And if you want to give down for Amazon, that's fine. I, I could talk about deals that Turner bid on that um, we tried to get NFL football. I won't tell you the package that we went after to try to get. Um, and we had a larger bid price. Um, and the NFL, rightly so in their mind, uh, went with the, with the large reach vehicle uh, at the time. So it happens. It's the right thing for the leagues. I think if they can afford to do it, you know, stay tuned for that one. My down, uh, since we're going to stick with the, the F1, and I think everybody thought Netflix uh, was going to be a true bidder into the sports marketplace. I would say my down is Netflix 
if there was one sport that they should have gone after uh, and are associated with very closely is F1. And if they wanted to dip their toe into it, they should have. They really didn't. And I don't think they did because of, of where their stock price is today and their focus now on, on earnings and making money. Um, and I think it would be just a tough challenge for them uh, to, even, to even air F1 uh, on, on their platform. So uh, it's a down because I think some of the leagues were hoping that they would have a, another bidder like Apple coming into the marketplace. So, uh, David, let's go right into the topics and let's stick with F1. We both had aspects of that deal as, as our who's down. I'm curious, if you were running Amazon Sports, or uh, Apple really wasn't, wasn't involved with this, if you were running Amazon Sports, what would you have done to try to get that? Is it just a simple matter of money? Did they have to do get up to 50% more than ESPN or double ESPN? Anytime you have a new uh, platform trying to break into a new, uh, into an existing business like the sports business, you have to be aggressive in your price um, because you have to stand out that much more dramatically versus who else is in the, in the bidding process because you don't have the reach, nor do you have the uh, gravitas uh, of working and producing great programming. Um, you know, you think about it, Amazon, and I just recently through Back Nine Ventures, uh, was hired by um, One Championship, which is the competitor of UFC, very, very big in, in Asia, now coming here to the US. Amazon just did a five-year deal with One Championship. And you know, part of that negotiation was the fact that One Championship produces the entire event for Amazon. Amazon does not have a full capability production team. Uh, and so to keep adding on to more events, they're going to have to decide whether they want to purchase an existing uh, organization, like possibly a CBS or something of that nature, or start hiring a huge production team, which is a lot of costs. So for now, they seem to be acquiring events that are self-contained and self-produced, um, just like Apple did. They don't have a production team, Apple and MLS. MLS produces, I think, 93% of the games if not all of them now. So they're, they're dipping their toes into places where they can because they're self-produced and self-contained programming. Um, so, you know, for me, you know, Amazon, if they really wanted to get, you know, if they really, really wanted F1, they'd have to probably bid a lot more than they did and convince that, they, that the NFL football and one championship and other things that, that they're really getting into the sports business and that they would market to all of their uh, subscribers uh, around the globe uh, to help build the Formula One. Now, David, I hear this from people like you all the time about Amazon sort of not having, the, and Apple and these streamers, not having the capability to produce the, the, their own events. Um, you ran, of course, Turner, uh, oversaw all those networks. How hard is it just to set up uh, your own your own production facility? I mean, the, the people do that all the time, don't they? I mean, that it, it seems like more of an irritant than a really big speed bump to me. Well, depending on what you know, what you what you really want and what your capabilities you really want to have, right? I mean, to do one offs, it's not that hard to hire you know outsource everything, right? But to actually put your brand and build out your brand and your culture and and you know, how you're gonna build a sports division uh, is far different. Uh, outsourcing ex-employees, you have to figure out when they're not working somewhere else, what projects they're working on, what, how, how do you wanna produce promo spots? Uh, do you wanna have your own on-air talent? 
Um, you know, there, there's so much that goes involved in building a sports production team um, and making sure that it's relevant to the brand that you want to put on the air. Let's uh, uh, stick with F1 for a second. ESPN had been paying right around $5 million a year, and now it's up to uh, between, uh, like, I think it was 75 and $90 million per year. Why does that make sense for ESPN? You know, I think purely on a math basis, meaning they're not probably going to get any new uh, distribution revenue out of that. Um, ad sales, I've seen the ratings on F1. Um, while growing, uh, I bet you the math doesn't back into a $75, $90 million price tag. So the answer to your question is, why does it make sense? I probably make sense for a lot of host of other reasons. Um, you know, event programming uh, is becoming more and more important in the U.S., meaning having a destination to bring clients, to, to sell merchandise, to brand your, 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 your ESPN Plus, all the things that go around your portfolio. And F1, smartly, uh, is now having three of their races here in the U.S. on U.S. time zones. One in Miami, which is a big market for Latin America and the U.S., and sort of a cultural relevant market. Obviously, Las Vegas, uh, a, a huge destination for everyone. Uh, and then Austin, Texas. So three of the Formula One races are now going to be held here in the U.S. I think ESPN realized that and wanted to make sure that they could be dominant in those markets, as well as help market the ESPN brand, ESPN Plus, and where they want to go with everything they they're doing right now as a company. That doesn't include uh, Montreal, which is uh, within this time zone. There's South America, they're, they're raised in Brazil, right? In Brazil. Uh, that, so there, there are five races in this time zone, in addition to like Monte Carlo and some of these, you know, the, the grand brands that, uh, you know, ABC is going to love. Very high end, um, you know, uh, uh, demographics, you know, uh, and I think important for ESPN to keep that in, in their portfolio. So I think they made it, I think both, I think both the league formula one made a very smart decision to sticking with ESPN. And I thought ESPN, you know, probably paid a little bit more than they, they wanted to, but I think they kept a very important uh, uh, league uh, and programming for their network. Final question on F1 before we go uh, speculation. This is a pod. So we love to speculate. <laughs> ESPN was between 75 and 90. Amazon was up at 100. What's your best guesstimate? Well, if Amazon had done 150, would it have gone to Amazon? 120. Like what, what would have been that number in your mind that Amazon would have to reach? And we're all speculating, right? Because no one knows what sits in, in the Formula One board when they make decisions like this. Um, but I think they really, truly wanted the reach. And I don't know. The number would have to be, I would, I'd probably say north of 200. Mm -hmm. um, for Amazon to win. I, I think they really wanted to stick with ESPN. I think ESPN made a bid that was close enough to what they wanted, what they thought they deserved. I think the number they were thinking about at one point was a hundred million. Um, and um, I don't know the structure of the deal, but if, he got, if they got close, you know, to me, there was no other decision to stick with the, the, a reach vehicle to grow your brand here in the U.S. And as you said, in the who's down, uh, one takeaway from this is Netflix is not really going to be serious about live sports rights, even though they did dabble with this. Yeah, I think Netflix is dabbling with a lot of challenges right now. And, uh, you know, there'd be a whole we could do a whole podcast on whether we think Netflix is being smart by launching, you know, a second tier 
ad ad uh, supported network at a cheaper price. Um, you know, I, I think Netflix had this ultimate brand of no commercials. Uh, I think the younger generation um, is doesn't you know has been trained not to watch commercials. Unfortunately, since I I grew up with the commercial world, but they've gone with the non-commercial world, and to bring commercials back, you know, seems um, anti what their culture and brand was at Netflix. So be interesting to see how they launch it, what they do with it. Um, the advertising community is is very very strongly for all these streaming services having advertising because ultimately this is appointment viewing back again. You're actually choosing the shows you want to watch, so you're you're more engaged. Uh, when you choose your programming versus what I used to call collision viewing, when you walked around and just kind of hit the dial and, and found uh, a movie you liked and so forth, and you stuck with it. You know, you're actually sitting down saying, I want to watch this, I want to watch that. And ultimately, you're more engaged, which makes your commercials more valuable. And they're not fully loaded commercials, meaning, you know, they're, they're limited commercial um, pods. Incredible timing. They're all going to these uh, uh, lower advertising supported tiers, Disney, uh, Netflix, just as the advertising market is crashing. So <laughs> good, good luck. Good luck to, uh, to our streamers. Yeah. But David, let's go. NBA should have been topic one. If we have David Levy on the, on the topic, <laughs> but topic two NBA, everybody's taking a look at the NBA rights, which are coming up in 2025. You did this deal that, uh, that Turner currently has. I remember I covered that deal. You went early to keep Fox from coming in, to keep yeah. uh, to, to keep others from coming in. If you're running Turner now, or if you're running ESPN, some free advice. How would you approach this? I mean, it, it's existential for those two networks to keep the NBA rights, right? So listen, I think both the incumbents, ESPN and and Turner Broadcasting, are are now looking about um, getting out of the NBA. I think they're looking to press up in the NBA. Uh, far more growth opportunities that the NBA still has. I think there's going to be expansion. Teams are going to, new teams are going to come in, new markets. You know, the ones that I've heard in the, in, in the press and, and reading about is, is Seattle and, and, and probably Vegas. Although Adam's not going to tell me where, where he's going with these new teams. Uh, they'll probably happen after the deals are done because um, whatever the new deals are, you know, the owners that are, are existing today would like to keep that money within themselves and the valuation of the teams will go up uh, depending on what the new uh, media rights deals are which I see those deals coming in somewhere to 2.5 X to three times the value where they are today. Wow. If you're Adam Silver, you, you like, like you said in your who's up, Apple did the MLS deal. Thank God we have another bidder in here. Amazon has been very aggressive to get there. What would it take Adam for an established NBA? The NBA is not MLS. What would it take Adam to make that leap to go to streaming? Well, you know, I think it all depends on Adam, how Adam wants to structure his new deals. So is he going to keep the same two existing deals the way, the, the way they are today? Uh, could he add a third partner uh, with more games or, or think about what he wants to do with NBA TV? Um, there's a lot to Adam to think through, but to be honest, um, Adam still wants to have large reach vehicles. I'm sure he still wants to have the finals uh, on a broadcast network because you have to build the next generation of fans and you don't want to limit yourself uh, to smaller reach fields. That doesn't mean that he won't be on a streaming service. Let's remember ESPN has a streaming service called ESPN Plus and Turner 
uh, or Discovery Warner uh, Brothers has a streaming service called HBO Max. So I'm sure in those negotiations with Adam, both Turner and ESPN are going to want games on their streaming services. So they will be in the streaming marketplace. And the question is whether how much Amazon or Apple uh, want to really dig in and try to get a piece of this. Um, there's also conversations where we could talk about where the RSNs will be uh, down the road and how will they be reformulated and reformulated um, in what the next generation of an RSN may be. And will the leagues be involved in that? So a um, lot for Adam to think through. Um, I do believe that Amazon and Apple will be part of the conversations. Um, whether he goes that route is up to him and how he feels he can re rethink the packages that he has today. Um, I, I know he's talked about um, possibly stopping um, the league uh, in the middle of the season and having sort of a tournament. Like uh, I love that idea. Do you like that idea? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, I think it makes the regular season more valuable because you have to you have to figure out a way to get into this new uh, uh, tournament. Right. You have to qualify and qualifying is where you stand in the regular season. So gives more values to the regular season. So I like it. That could be a package in itself. Um, so there's there's just ways for him to think about slicing and dicing what he has today uh, and working with his incumbents. But I, I, I believe both Turner and ESPN will still be a part of the NBA. I'd be surprised if either one is out. The question is, do they have the same package that they have today? Well, the reason for Adam to go after uh, Apple or Amazon is number one, money, of course, they're going to they're, they're going to uh, bid a lot and, and, and bid everything up. And number two is the uh, the idea that if you're streaming, you're, you're attracting us a, a younger audience. And, and, and um, that's a way forward. If you were still with Turner, you would be saying like, look, we can do that on, on, on uh, Bleacher or HBO Max or whatever the, their uh, streaming service is gonna end up being. Uh, how much would that resonate, do you think, with the, with the league? A lot, but you'd have to prove it, right? I mean, you'd have to show, I mean, the good news for Adam, and I really mean this, is he's got time. You know, these contracts aren't up to 24, 25. So he can see how Amazon is playing out with NFL football. He can see how MLS is playing out with Apple. He can find out a lot of data and information um, that will come over the next couple of years to see how you know, this lays out with the recession coming up. Are people going to cut their, their streaming services down? Um, you know, who's going to be the winning streaming services? Does Apple really play or was MLS their only? You know, he, all these questions, he's got time. The, now, on the other hand, if I'm sitting at Turner and ESPN, I'd rather try to close this deal or sooner rather than later because the less information that Adam has, the better I can I can, pitch my, <laughs> I can pitch my networks, right? Because you know it hasn't launched yet, right? So the sooner that they can get their deals done, the better for them. If I'm Adam, you know, do you, how, how long do you want to wait, and when and when do you want to start talking with your incumbents? I don't know. I'm going to throw a glass half empty uh, take at you here, David. And if you're Apple, and right now you're dabbling in sports with a Friday night weekday regular season MLB game that got no ratings whatsoever on, on ESPN. And you're also dealing with uh, major league soccer, which did, uh, was um, troubled uh, on linear TV. It just, it, it, the ratings that it got, it never really grew much from in, in the past 20 years on TV is, 
do you sense, I think that there should be a fear, I'm not predicting anything, but there should be a fear that Apple's going to say, boy, we're not getting any kind of engagement off sports. You know, why don't we just go and, and, and focus on, you know, original shows and, and movies? Yeah. I, I, listen, the baseball was a test, right? I don't think anybody thought baseball was going to really do anything for Apple. I mean, those were non-exclusive games. You know, in the local market, you're going to get the over the air or wherever they're, you know, the RSN was airing it at the same time. So it was, it was non-exclusive in the, in the local markets, obviously outside the market, but baseball, those, those Friday night games. I mean, first of all, Friday night TV hunt levels are down the lowest they are, you know, on any night. Um, it's just a tough night for television. I think that was a test for major league baseball. They had a bunch of extra games when the Braves gave back. I mean, this is going back when I was at Turner, we gave back a bunch of, national Braves games. Um, they had a bunch of games that ESPN gave back. So they had this pool of these national non-exclusive in the local market games. And Noah figured out a way to, to sell some of them to Apple and Apple to test whether they could get this done or not. So to me, I wouldn't count baseball as success or not success. I didn't think, I think that was purely a test. MLS is a different story. Those are exclusive games. You can't watch an MLS game anywhere but on Apple TV right now. I know they carved out some non-exclusive games that they hopefully will air on over-the-air television to keep to give the reach and to build the next generation of fans for them. But those are exclusive games. And if you're a diehard MLS fan uh, in Seattle, which I know there are, in Atlanta, which I know there are, and in Portland, which I know there are, you've got to get an Apple subscription. And that's what Apple's trying to do. They're trying to grow their subscription base, just like DirecTV when it was in its heyday and they got Sunday, uh, Sunday uh, ticket. ticket package. Correct. You know, they had uh, three million people buying the Sunday ticket, uh, you know, out of their 20 million homes. So, you know, it was a large number for them or somewhere in that number. Um, and it was bringing in new DirecTV subscribers, building the subscription base. That's what, you know, eventually we'll talk about, hopefully we'll talk about ESPN and ESPN plus when they start shifting more games over there, but it, it, it's to drive subscription and somewhere in the data set that Apple was evaluating whether they wanted MLS, they figured that they could get a lot new subscriptions for the fan base of MLS. Uh, the question is, is it grow big enough for MLS to grow their fan base? Um, and hopefully it will for, for Don, I, you know, I'm rooting for him. But that the, 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 the basis behind Apple isn't Major League Baseball. I think that was a test. The real test is going to be whether MLS people sign up for the Apple subscription. And what's so interesting about that is that those hardcore fans that you're talking about, they're all going to get it for free early on. But th this is a 10-year deal. And, and we've all... We've all had to buy uh, battery chargers and new like earphones and everything. At what point is Apple going to start to sell them down, down the line on that one? Topic three, David, Live Golf. Their uh, first U.S. event is coming up this weekend. I have uh, long thought that they have a really tough road ahead in the U.S., uh, given uh, 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 just in terms of media, given that uh, CBS and NBC and ESPN and Amazon all have established uh, and, and uh, Discovery uh, Warner Brothers internationally have established long-standing relationships with the PGA Tour. Um, Fox Sports doesn't. Uh, if if you were running Turner before uh, Discovery took it over, and you, and you weren't encumbered by a P PGA Tour deal, 
would you be looking at these rights? I think it's early to start saying when I look at the rights, I'm going to, I would have waited. Um, I would certainly have conversations with them. I would make sure that my name was in the mix. I would make sure that they knew who I was. Uh, I would show some interest, but I'd actually wait to see what happens this year. I think Jay hasn't fully laid out his cards yet. I think he's behind the eight ball a little bit. I think he knows it, but the genie's not going back in the bottle, meaning Liv is here. They've paid these golfers. Um, I think the golf in general needed to have, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I'm senior advisor for Rain. Rain was working with the PGL for a while uh, over the, you know, back in 2020 and 2021. There was opportunities for Jay to partner with the PGL uh, back then. Uh, he, he decided not to. Um, you know, the Saudis then came in and did their own deal. Uh, and they have a, you know, an empty war chest. I mean, excuse me, not empty war chest, a full war chest. Yeah, what's the opposite um, of empty? The opposite, right. Yeah. They have a full war chest uh, and are willing to spend whatever it takes. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, I think they're, the brand names that they're bringing over are big names. I think people are going to be interested to see what this golf is all about and what team golf is all about. I have no problem with them having no cuts. I think that the 48 field, if they really get the, the right 48 people, no one's going to care whether there's cuts or not. Um, and I believe it's going to be unique golf and good golf uh, with good brand names. So how would I not keep myself, if I was a you know president of any division in sports, how would I not at least make sure that I was looking at it, talking to them? And I think I'd wait till after this year to see what happens with Jay, and where he where he's going with his new ideas and where live golf, what are the players who are really going over uh, uh, and how and how is the public responding to it? And I think the public, you know, as much as people have been talking about where the money is coming from and so forth, um, I think if, and I think Greg Norman has says this and, and, and so forth is that a lot of U.S. companies do business with Saudi Arabia. Um, Saudi Arabia has a lot of investments. The PIF is involved in many, many private equity companies here in the U.S. Um, and I think at some point, you know, that will be in the distance and it'll be about it'll be about golf. And is this good golf? So let, let's do a scale of one to 10, 10 being just a, a absolute winners, one being a disaster lives launch right now. I'm going to give it probably a seven or eight. I think that they got a, a few more golfers than I expected. And I think that they made a little a little bit more noise than I was expecting coming up. Where are you at on that? I would say seven. Exactly where I think, I think, you know, they, they, they did a, the production was pretty good. I mean, David Hill, they hired David Hill to do the production. They don't have any real distribution, um, but they're finding places to put it. Um, and so they launched, they launched with some good brand names um, and they're on the front page or the back page uh, of every newspaper and every article and, and, and every golf club. I, I play golf at a few clubs and every conversation and every foursome is, did you watch live golf? Do you think who's going to go next? Golf is in the topics of everybody right now. It's incredible. We write, we write about it. It's the most read story for days on our website by far. It's the most unique thing that's happened in the sports business in a long, long time, which is talk a about a disruptor. Yeah. It really. started out of nowhere with, with quality brand names. Let's talk about uh, the PGA Tour's response. Same thing. 10, it was perfect. One, it was a disaster. Uh, I feel that it's down right around three or four. I think that, the, that their messaging has been, you know, it, it just hasn't been uh, as, it hasn't resonated, I guess, is, is where I'm going with that. Where do you put it? Yeah, I would give uh, a two. 
uh, mm -hmm. from, from, from Jay's perspective in the initial response. Um, you know, it seemed, it seemed very defensive. Um, and I would give, you know, Roy McElroy, who's taking a lot on his shoulders, you know, a seven or an eight on how he's responding. He's saying, listen, I, I, I wouldn't do it, but I'm not going to hate the people that go over there. I'm still going to be friends with the people who go over there. They made their decisions. You know, I, I can't, I can't make decisions for them. So, you know, I think certain responses were sevens and eight, like Rory's and Justin Thomas. And I think Jay, you know, initially uh, was a two. And I think Jay is, you know, going to have to respond quickly. I mean, you know, he's already up the purses. Why wouldn't he have done that in the past? You know, um, I think he's got <laughs> yeah, well, He just found the money, right, David? I think that um, he's going to have to start thinking about how he treats his top 50 different than he treats his, you know, bottom 250, meaning if you're ranked 250 today, today, they treat them pretty similar. You know, if the, if the number one golfer in the world misses or number 10 golfer in the world misses a cut, he doesn't get paid, you know, and he pays his own expenses to get there and everything else. And so does the number 250. When LeBron James loses a game against the New York Knicks, because I'm a Knicks fan and I have to put that in there, um, you know, when LeBron James loses, he still gets paid. And, and so does the last guy on the bench, you know, and, they, and they're paid differently, by the way. Number 12 guy on the bench is paid a lot differently than the number one guy on the bench. And that's not the case with golf. And, and I think that's been something that um, golfers are now rising up and saying, listen, we know that the top 50 golfers are the, are the reason why you're getting the media rights you're getting, the digital exposure you're getting, and shouldn't we be paid differently than some of the other golfers? And, you know, that, that's a question that Jay's going to have to answer. David, for the rest of the year, I expect to see a lot of what we're expecting now, a trickle of golfers sort of uh, moving over, competing tours uh, uh, going on. My next real benchmark that I'm looking at is Augusta to see how Augusta plays it. Uh, two questions here. One is, what do you think Augusta will do? What, what's, what's your sense? And uh, number two is, do you have any benchmarks to, to, uh, that Liv has to hit or the PGA Tour has to hit as this continues on? So I'll answer, you know, I, I, I wish I could understand how you know, Augusta does what Augusta does. It's their own invitation. Um, you know, I would assume, and I think it'd be hard pressed not to, um, any existing champion. So a Dustin Johnson, a Phil Mickelson, who has actually won a master's jacket, Sergio, I think they will invite them back. I do. I, I, that's just my gut. I have no inside information. I, I would assume that that's part of tradition. Um, and, you know, even when some of these golfers weren't really playing that much, they were still invited back as past champions. So I would think past champions would come to Augusta. Other than that, I have no idea who will be invited, or who won't be invited. That's just my gut. And then are, is there a benchmark? I, I did the worst journalist thing where I asked two questions at once. You know, oh, what was the, bench, what yeah, was the benchmark? You, is there a benchmark that, you, that, that, that you're looking for for, for uh, this going forward? I think it'll be all about world world ranking points, meaning are they is Liv going to be ranked? Because today at most of the majors, um, part of the qualifying for a major is what's your world ranking. And um, if they get world ranking points, then game over, they'll be invited to all. In my belief, they'll be invited to all the majors. And then what's going to happen will be interesting. The majors may even become even more valuable 
than they are today, even though, it, you know, I, I, there's nothing better in golf than no one ever talks about who won the St. Jude Classic. They talk <laughs> about who won the Masters and who won the U.S. Open, right? So this will be, if, if that's the case, it'll be the only time where live golfers are actually competing against PGA Tour golfers. So uh, it'll have a, another essence of, you know, the true, uh, you know, most inform, four most important golf events of the year. Right. You have two weekend tours and the only time that you get that, get the, the, the big uh, groups is uh, at the being major. a major will be in a major. So majors become even more important Before you go. Let me hit you with a couple of quick hitters. Uh, uh, one sentence answers, David, quick hitters, MLS, okay. Apple. Was it a good deal for MLS uh, to be determined? Um, you know, they certainly got the right price in the sense that they, they, they got, they got an increase from the 90 to the 250 uh, to be determined whether, um, there's enough reach there to grow the next generation of fans. What won't be decided early. Was it a good deal for Apple? Yes. Apple's strategy with uh, MLS, with MLB versus Amazon's strategy internationally with uh, NFL, which one, are, which one would you bet on right now? I bet on Amazon. I think Amazon's going to be a real player in the sports business from a global perspective and from a U.S. perspective. Um, I think they have the, a large reach vehicles. I think they have a tremendous amount of data information about goods and services that people buy. I think they can target ads. They can target uh, content to the right people at the right time. Uh, big, big, big proponent of Amazon. And of course, uh, I'm hoping that one championship does a great job there. This is a big pod topic. When will ESPN go direct to consumer with its main channel? That's going to be a mathematical equation um, because, you know, as they still get a lot of money from the good old cable operators, satellite and telco companies, um, you know, close to $12 a sub. And let's say they're in 80 million subs. That's, you know, 80 million uh, times $12 times 12 times a year. A lot of money. Um, ESPN Plus is growing and there'll be some uh, equation, some mathematical equation where when you can start moving more product over and lose more subs on the $12 side, but gain more data and knowledge from your consumer, control the experience and, you know, get $5 uh, a sub uh, on that side, but have far more uh, information and data and control and control the consumer experience. So there's going to be a balance back and forth. I, I see a time where You'll see the Ohio State Michigan game both on cable and on ESPN Plus, um, meaning they'll, they'll, there'll be a time where they, they they stay on both and then it'll be shifted over completely to the other side. At some point, um, you know, and I think it's just really just math uh, and when ESPN feels it's time to move more product over. Best sports media investment right now. I love that you're with the Rain Group. You're with Back Nine Ventures. Where where are where are you putting your money? I'm a big believer in combat sports right now. I think it's on a huge uprise. If I take the three hats that I wear, Genius Sports, which obviously uh, collects, uh, buys and distributes uh, sports data and license data uh, around sports betting, I see that combat sports are is a huge betting opportunity. And if you bet on a sport, you're 98% more likely to watch. So when I say combat sports, I also mean boxing. If you see where boxing, you know, it's kind of funny. I see MLS almost doing the what boxing did 40 years ago. And, and kind of got off the largest reach vehicle. When I grew up, boxing was on ABC Wild World of Sports and we knew every heavyweight champion um, and we watched them all. Boxing is now top rank, who's also a client, 
uh, is, uh, has been on ESPN now for three years over the air. And if you look at the ratings on, on boxing right now, they're going through the roof. So, and, and I think, you know, Jake Paul and Mike Tyson and all these brand names that are coming back into this, uh, the younger generation is getting very interested in boxing because it's quick. There are three minute rounds, just like UFC. Uh, they can bet on it. And uh, I think that's, that if I was in the sports business, I'd be looking at combat sports right now. I think it's on the uprise. You see Jake Paul is more than just a carnival uh, barker out there. I don't think he's a real fighter. I don't, I don't think any, if he fought any real fighter, I don't think he'd any, even in be a, you know, you saw what Mayweather did to him. You know, he played around with him for nine rounds, you know? Um, so no, but Jake Paul brings um, excitement back to the Instagram followers that follow him. And, you know, I have no problem him fighting the fights he's fighting against basketball players and, and uh, UFC fighters because it just brings popularity to the sport of boxing. Yeah, it convinces me to watch him, that's for sure. Huh. David, we're coming up on the most popular part of the pod. Let's do a call of the week right after this break. Call of the week. All right, the, the best part of not having Andrew Marshand here is I finally get to hype my O's. Last okay. week, Adley Rushman, future Hall of Famer, was at the plate. We have um, Kevin Brown and Jim Palmer on the call from Masson. Let's hear it. And oh. Rutschman here powers one in the right field, a titanic blast up and over the bullpen. Adley Rutschman with his second major league home run. And boy, was it a major shot to get the Orioles on the board. Yeah, that's in the uh, no doubt about him classification. David, th this is our this is our pet peeve. We finally have announcers traveling to the games again. So, of course, the calls are going to be better than if if they were sitting. That was in Chicago. If they were sitting in Baltimore, it wouldn't have been as good because he had to wait and look at the monitor. Uh, the Orioles had Gary Thorne. He was loved by the fans. He was a great play-by-play -play guy. They replaced him with really subpar announcers. The team wasn't winning. They had subpar announcers and people weren't gravitating toward the team. Uh, I, I think Kevin Brown is like an exciting young play-by-play -play announcer. Uh, Jim Palmer is, of course, Jim Palmer to, to Baltimore fans. And just being able to see people like Adley Rushman. I, 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 can you tell I'm excited about my yeah, I can tell you, you're, really, you're really holding back there, John. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows you're a Baltimore Oreo fan. Uh, hey, David, uh, thanks a ton for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for, for listening uh, uh, to, to the end. I know you, as I said before, I know you don't do these a ton, so that, that, that was great, and I, uh, I can't thank you enough for doing this. You know what? It was fun. I'd be more than happy to come back. You know, you've been a great, I, I love the SBJ, and you guys are, are doing a great job with these podcasts. Thanks, man. All right, guys.